After reviewing its week one loss to Alabama, one thing about Middle Tennessee, I'm much more impressed with their quarterback than I was expecting. So let's talk about that young man and all the Missouri football news and notes coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. Thanks for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts, including on YouTube, the SiriusXM app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the whole deal. We're part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team Every day. And our team, well, you may, we of course, Missouri taking on Middle Tennessee State tomorrow. And been some wild matchups in that series in recent, well, I guess recent, the last 20 years or so at Faroe Field. A lot of us remember, of course, 2016, the Tigers lose in Barry Odom's first season, 51-45. to to MTSU. Well, I also remember all the way back my sophomore year of college at Missouri in 2003, Brad Smith and the Tigers pulled out a one-point victory in overtime. Middle Tennessee misses an extra point, fortunately, for the Tigers, and they eke out that victory. I can remember quite clearly uh, a friend of mine in college giving the Tigers a little bit too much crap. He was kind of a Notre Dame guy, too, and, well, I was not very happy with him making fun of his alma mater. That's the part that I remember. But you might also remember that the Tigers were supposed to open last season in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, against MTSU, on the road, of course, but new athletic director Desiree Reed Francois, Eli Drinkwitz, they apparently looked at each other and went, mm, What are we doing here? Let's uh, buy our way out of this. So, $800,000 later, the Tigers open up the season with Louisiana Tech at home instead. So, for, if you're any K-State fans, if you're coming here to make fun of Missouri for that, by the way, don't forget it was Bill Snyder who taught Gary Pinkle and the rest of college football how important it is to just rack up victories regardless of who your opponent is. But I will say, after watching the Alabama first half of that ball game week one for Middle Tennessee... I have to say, one thing I expected was definitely aggression. You saw it the very first snap for Middle Tennessee on offense. They run sort of a fake toss to the left, throw the ball deep down the right sidelines. And guess what? Despite the aggression, well, it didn't work. And also, I thought it was interesting, Alabama definitely had two deep safeties against this play as well. I know some of you are saying, what? I thought you couldn't throw deep against two deep safeties. Well, if you throw in some play action there, try to you know scheme it up, that kind of thing, you certainly can still take shots down the field. But what was really aggressive to me, or excuse me, what was interesting to me is even though this aggressive throw got a one-on-one matchup down the field on their first snap, well, the Bama wide receiver or excuse me, the Bama defensive back was actually taller than the Middle Tennessee State outside receiver. So what that means for Mizzou is I really doubt that that our boundary corners, Chris Abrams, Drain, Ennis Rakestraw, I don't think much is going to work 
against them. While Murphy, the Murfreesboro guys have some speed on this ball club, the Blue Raiders have some speed. It's mostly tiny speed, as we saw in that first pass against Kool-Aid McKinstry there and the Crimson Tide. But another interesting thing, MTSU definitely going to play fast, too. They're snapping it with 20 to 25 seconds on the clock. But really my biggest takeaway of watching this first half is that their quarterback, Nicholas Vettiato, was much better than I was expecting, especially for a guy who, back in 2021, was actually the Blue Raiders' scout team quarterback. And then in his first start for MTSU, he throws five interceptions. But then was actually the MVP of their bowl game that season, takes the job full-time, last season in 2022, and I'm telling you, just watching him against the Tide for a half, he's not a bad college player at all. In fact, I was duly impressed by the young man. He can run on designed plays along with scrambles as well. Again, an aggressive player threw an interception at the end of the first half, but he's not afraid out there. I, I was definitely impressed with him. So Nicholas Vettiato, if he's able to move the ball a little bit, for the Blue Raiders. Don't be totally surprised. I just can't see it happening against Dennis Rakestraw and Chris Abrams' drain. We'll just have to see. But last season, of course, Murf and down in Murfreesboro, MTSU, actually it was in Miami, excuse me. I don't know why I keep wanting to throw Murfreesboro in there. I'll stop now. But the first top 25 win in school history last season against the Miami Hurricanes, who, by the way, absolutely ended up sucking last season. So that reminds us to take the preseason rankings with a grain of salt. No doubt about that. And another thing that stood out to me too, I, I know a lot of Missouri fans can sour on the wide receiver screens in particular when they don't work. But it was notable to me that both Middle Tennessee and Alabama threw a lot of wide receiver screens, sideways passes in that ball game too. So for better or worse, I've talked about how there's a lot of homogenization in terms of college football offenses in the recent years. I think you're seeing it there too. So again, for better or for worse, everybody's kind of doing a lot of the same stuff that Missouri is doing offensively. It's just a matter of, of course, executing it and being better than your opponent. Don't get me wrong, I think it's a fair criticism to say that at times Eli Drinkwitz and his offensive staff need to do a better job of of getting guys open, just scheming a receiver open at times. But I, I just think sometimes the criticism of calling too many wide receiver screens falls a little bit flat with me. But again, Middle Tennessee is going to be really aggressive defensively in this ball game. So I think on third down and one, for instance, third and short, you're going to see them bring six or seven guys just about every time in that situation. So I genuinely would like to see Missouri take a shot downfield on third and one. If that's a situation where Luther Burden's going to get a really advantageous one-on-one -on -one matchup and they're kind of going to dare you to take it, I'd really like to see Missouri take it. Let's get some confidence in that in that type of thing. Let's put that on film that, hey, on third and one, don't just think we're going to quarterback sneak it and get the first down. We might actually take a shot if you're too aggressive. And speaking of being really aggressive, I've said it a thousand times now, MTSU is going to blitz a lot. Well, if Missouri's struggling with picking up those blitzes early in the ballgame in particular, 
if Brady Cook is struggling seeing where those blitzes are coming from, let's remember that last week, empty formations resulted, in my opinion, the two best passing plays of the day for Missouri. One was by Cook, the throw to Makai Miller for a touchdown. Another was the exact same play, exact same route, this time thrown to Makai Miller by Sam Horn just a little bit deeper down the field considering where Missouri was in the middle of the field versus the red zone. That was only the real that was really the only difference there. The point is when you go empty, it's just easier for the quarterback to see where the pressure is coming from, and I'd like to think that that Javon Foster and Armand Mimbo can easily hold up their end of it because if you don't believe in your tackles well going empty is a lot tougher you don't have the extra tight ends and running backs in there to protect your quarterback but at the same time Brady Cook also has the element of the ability to run the ball he can that's one of the best parts of Brady's game is his ability to run so in a way that almost that's almost another blocker there if you have the option of running out of empty, of scrambling when you don't like the look, well, again, that just makes it all that much harder to defend. So I just think in general, you saw against Bama, if that ball just comes out, whether it's out of empty, whatever it is, if the ball just comes out quickly and on time with quick decisions, I think big yardage is going to be out there for the Tigers tomorrow. And while I don't agree with his assessment, one power Mizzou writer thinks this is going to be a close ball game, another nail-biter between Middle Tennessee and Missouri. So let's talk about Gerard Hamilton's take, which, frankly, the knives came out for Gerard. The mob was not very happy with him on the message boards just yesterday. So I want to talk about that, but first I want to tell you that, you know, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. College football season is back, and this season Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On College Football Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live from 10 a.m. to noon central on every Locked On College YouTube channel. It's college football kickoff live covering playoffs, rivalries, going in-depth like only Locked On can with analysis on insiders from our stable of hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football kickoff live every Friday from 10 a.m. to noon on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You surely won't want to miss it. And a lot of you probably missed the kerfuffle 
online either yesterday or maybe a couple days ago where Gerard Hamilton predicted a 20-17 to Missouri victory over Middle Tennessee. And, well, with the reaction in the comments of that particular comment, you would have thought Gerard said that Missouri was going to lose by 35 points or something like that. I was frankly amused by it because, God forbid, somebody goes against conventional wisdom on the internet. Wait for it. The mob will be coming for you. Now, don't get me wrong. I I actually don't agree with Gerard's prediction or his assessment of how he thinks the game is going to go off. Basically, Gerard is saying, hey, Missouri's offense... Well, it, it kind of the big plays were limited last week by a conservative South Dakota defense. Well, against a much more aggressive Blue Raider defense, Gerard thinks, well, the Tigers are actually going to struggle more because Brady Cook statistically is not good against pressure. And my disagreement here with the assessment by Gerard is that I, I think because Middle Tennessee gets their pressure by bringing extra guys, I think you're going to see the ball come out fairly quickly and on time and probably maybe more wide receiver screen passes because guess what? Those things will have a big chance of breaking for big yardage, maybe more dump offs to the running back, that kind of thing. And actually, I do think Missouri, you'll see them take some more deep shots in this ball game as well. So I don't, I think Missouri is going to win this game fairly comfortably. That's, that's my prediction. But at the same time, I'm not so arrogant that I think that, oh my God, so it's a 20-point ball game or whatever over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Fine. It's not as though a team like Middle Tennessee covering the spread and making it a a bit of a, a, you know, a sweaty, nail-biting type of game for a Missouri fan. It's not as though that's without precedent. So I, I just thought it was surprising that people jumped on Gerard Hamilton so bad there. Again, don't agree with the pick, don't agree with the take necessarily, but I would have to be incredibly arrogant to be dismissive of that. A lot of people, if it ends up being something like that or Missouri squeaks out a victory, I'd say a lot of Power Mizzou posters are going to owe him an apology. I'm not exactly going to be holding my breath if I'm Gerard Hamilton for that. Now, if you do want to make a case for Middle Tennessee This is certainly has all the makings of a trap game for Missouri because in week three, Kansas State now officially a sellout, Missouri's first sellout since the pandemic. You got to go all the way back to the Ole Miss homecoming game of 2019 for Missouri's last sellout. It's also the program's first non-conference sellout since all the way back in 2012 against Arizona State. So that really tells you how important this game is to the Missouri program, obviously to Missouri fans, and just to this season in particular. So if there ever is a time when maybe you are, obviously there was a lot of talk of, oh, is Missouri holding things back? I think they ran their normal basic offense, but sure, I I can see like if you have a great fake punt or some type of halfback pass, you know, some crazy trick play, something like that. Something that you really like that you think is going to work? Sure, you'll hold that back maybe for Kansas State instead of Middle Tennessee or certainly South Dakota. That makes all the sense in the world. But I I just think last week's performance by the Tiger offense, the 
the plays that were selected, the throws and decisions that were made by Brady Cook, again, had a lot to do with the defense that South Dakota was playing than it did by any conscious choice by Missouri. And coming up, an important Missouri defender is likely back for tomorrow's football game, and Missouri legend Chase Daniel now retired from the NFL, has a new gig with the NFL Network, so let's talk about that and more Missouri basketball and football news and notes right after these quick messages. So Jalen, a.k.a. J.C. Carlisle, the Missouri free safety, sounds like he should be good to go for tomorrow's ball game against M.T., SU and something I probably should have mentioned is that Marvin Burks looked pretty darn good in his stead last week against South Dakota so that young guy that freshman seems like he's got a really nice future here for Missouri if last week and all the the praise that's been thrown his way in the offseason if that's any indication he's really got a nice future with Missouri coming up, but obviously it'll be good to have J.C. Carlisle back just for depth purposes alone. Another Missouri note here, the Friday before the LSU game, that's October 6th at 9 p.m., Mizzou Madness on the quad. You maybe remember last season the Missouri men's and women's basketball team participated in that event on the quad outside last season. Perfect weather. You know, it really really just came off great and was a great start to the Dennis Gates era. Well, they're running it back again this season, hopefully drawing, obviously, a crowd for the LSU game. Should be, should be likely another sellout there, I would think, win, lose, or draw week three for Missouri against Kansas State. I strongly suspect that that game's going to be a sellout regardless, but... I think a smart move to put that on a football weekend. Hopefully a lot of visitors are going to be there and impressed as well. And, well, hopefully we're going to be impressed with Chase Daniel, who is now going to be starting his NFL media career, going to be co-hosting a show with Trey Wingo and Robert Mays at The Athletic. Also, every Monday, going to be working in studio on the NFL Network. So, just a lot going on for Chase. He's officially one of the new guys there. Hey, Deion Sanders was was really good on the NFL Network. Obviously, he moved on to the coaching realm. It's funny, a lot of people have talked. The reason I bring this up is because over the years, a lot of people will randomly bring up on Tiger Board or Power Mizzou, whatever it is, and go, hey, how about Chase Daniel as an offensive coordinator? And usually the reaction to that is, well, the guy's never coached in his life. Let's maybe see him do some stuff at the high school level, you know, grind it out for a while as a quarterback's coach at, you know, Middle Tennessee State or South Dakota, something like that before we start considering that. But well, it sure seems like Deion Sanders has taken that entire conventional wisdom and playbook and thrown it into the paper shredder because he said, what the heck, I'm just going to be a head coach at Jackson State and then I'm going to be in Colorado within like, what, two or three years, something like that. Pretty incredible rise there for Deion Sanders and certainly he's a unique case. I'm not predicting Chase Daniel is going to be your next Mizzou football coach or anything like that. It just goes to show you that, well, the old ways of doing things, maybe it's time to let the old ways die, as they said in A Star is Born. But hey, if you're an everydayer, thanks for not letting 
the old ways of the last four years of this program, die. Thanks for coming back and listening and being an everydayer. And thanks for telling a friend. And thanks to all you new people for showing up and listening. I surely do appreciate your patronage. So until next time, I'm John Miller. And thanks for listening to Locked on Mizzou.